I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, Isaac Kid Harris. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I was going to be sad about the game. I didn't think there was going to be another thing that would make me more sad, but it's tax season, and the accountant needs work. At least it's tax season, right? That's true. At least it's tax season. He can go and he can, you know, pick up that QuickBooks, get right on it. Brian broke off. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Great guy. Just had uh, him and his wife just had a, a little kid, a little boy, and just everybody in the locker room loved this guy. But it's like we said yesterday when we were talking about the kid Gilchrist stuff. Um, we were pretty open that we thought it would be Brokoff instead of uh, Courtney Lee or something like that. And uh, that's just part of the business. This is a sucky part of the business. And if you're a Mavs fan, you probably love Brian Brokoff too. And uh, Ryan from accounting and all the memes and all the fun <laughs> stuff. He's just a super nice guy. And I, I wish him and his family nothing but the best. I hope a team picks him up and everything because uh, he's a, a an outstanding shooter. So shout out to you, Ryan Brokoff. Absolutely. So on today's show, we are going to break down the Mavericks 119 to 123 loss to the Jazz, which was only by four points. You wouldn't know it if you were on Twitter at any point during the that, game, but they only lost clutch, by four. Is that a clutch po- loss? They only lost by clutch loss. Another clutch <laughs> loss. They lost. Um, and then we'll talk about what Isaac was alluding to earlier. The Mavericks have waived Ryan Brokoff, and they are picking up Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, he was cut earlier by the Hornets. He was actually not. Or, you know, he was waived. He was waived, yeah. I guess it's the same thing. But um, he was picked up, and so he will now be joining the Mavericks. Uh, another Kentucky guy, another Dash guy, another hyphen guy. We have three now. I think that leads the NBA right now uh, in go. hyphen guys. Dorian Finney-Smith, Ryan – or, jeez. <laughs> Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Willie Collie-Stein. broke off. <laughs> Ryan Dash, the accountant. The Dash accountant. Um, so that's what we're going to get into on today's show. Uh, let's do the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist stuff first. So – um, we talked about him a little bit yesterday. The Mavs add him, and he's you know defensive wing, hasn't been playing for the Hornets. He hasn't been injured. It's not like he's been out because of some kind of injury. I think he had surgery last season, but he's been healthy. He's available. He's there. The Hornets just have decided not to really play him this year, and now uh, they waived him. They just decided to let him go to another team because his contract is running out, and um, it's the end of this deal that they kind of signed him to that – was a little bit bigger than a lot of people thought he would get because of his offensive limitations. Obviously, he can't shoot. Uh, he still just cannot shoot. It's I cannot re-emphasize <laughs> that anymore. Uh, but he is a good defender, and he should be able to come and make some kind of an impact, at least maybe situationally, be able to help the Mavericks defend in situations. I think that's going to be a huge thing for him, especially in a playoff series. If you get down to you know the last 10 seconds of a quarter, the last 10 seconds of the game, and you need a stop and you sub offense for defense, throw Michael Carter – or good Lord, I did it again – Throw Please Michael. continue to do this. How many times am I? I typed that today. When I, when I was typing my notes, I typed Michael Carter instead of Michael Kidd. 
<sighs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist, you sub him right in, and you know he can he can be one of those six six guys that can switch on everything and guard big wings. He's had lots of experience guarding you know LeBron. He's he's played in his conference for a long time when LeBron was still back east. Uh, he's guarded you know Paul George. He's guarded all kinds of guys, and so um, that's basically what I think his role is going to be. And as far as um, what minutes he's going to take. That's another question I think that has been been asked. Like, Whose minutes is he going to take? Is he just filling in for the Justin Jackson role? Does he take his minutes completely? The last couple of games tell me that, yes, he is going to take some Justin Jackson minutes. But I think the Mavericks will also play it a little bit where it depends on, on situation. You know, when situations come up. In this game against the Jazz we're going to talk about, uh, you'd think the Mavericks would go big to try and match Rudy Gobert, but they actually went small and only went with one five because – the Jazz play Rudy Gobert, and then they play Boyan Bogdanovich as a wing, or or, or uh, Georges Yang. I can't ever say his name at uh, at four, and then you know they have to play another wing player out there to, to go and guard him out on the three point line. And so they'll play Michael K. Gilchrist at four. They'll play probably him offensively at five at times because he can't shoot. Uh, you could see him as the role guy in, in some situations, um, and so he's going to take minutes from from here and there it's not just he's not going to just come in and fill one role i don't think uh it's going to be up in the air until carlisle figures out exactly how he's going to use him yeah you know we said yesterday uh pretty clearly like hey just like tame your expectations for adding a guy like this you know he is you know leaving charlotte and this defensive wing to where in disgrace (laughs) (laughs) you remember the parks have you ever seen the parks and rec episode where uh Ben no. Wyatt gets fired in disgrace and people keep saying, so how are you doing since you got fired in disgrace? And like every time he comes up to somebody, they say, you know, how have you been since you got fired in disgrace? Like why does everyone keep saying I got fired in disgrace? And he reminded me that that's what the Michael Kidd Gilchrist thing is. <laughs> that's like. what his situation is. He got fired uh, in disgrace. Yeah. So just keep in mind of, you know, what he's bringing to the table. This is, we've talked about, it, but it, it's a great flyer. This is the flyer type yeah. of guy. Mm-hmm. He's just 26 years old. And when, I mean, if you want to talk about age stuff, the guys on the team that's older than him, you know, Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell, Maxi, uh, Seth Curry being three years older than Michael Kidd Gilchrist, <laughs> you know, it, you know, 26 is, he's still fairly young uh, for the league, but you know, it's like you said, I mean, he's a t- 28% uh, career three point shooter. His shot uh, isn't the best in the world. And that's the non-factor. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a factor. So you're looking at, you know, I joked about it yesterday, but you're looking at like Dorian Finney-Smith three years ago to where he couldn't shoot, but it was all about like his motor and being able to defend. And that's kind of what you're getting. Rebound. Yeah, rebounding. So I am anxious to see, you know, we say he could take some of Justin Jackson's minutes, but Justin Jackson didn't get any minutes mm-hmm. tonight. So, you know, what and minutes Just garbage time the night before, too. Yeah, so I think once Luca comes back, you're going to see some, you know, comment like you know Courtney Lee got what 15 minutes tonight uh, wow. instead of Justin Jackson, which I, I kind of agree with you know, playing Courtney over Justin Jackson right now. But you know, will would will get uh, Kid Gilchrist get some of those minutes? Uh, will they kind of split those? Will it be situationally? I don't think he touches Dorian's minutes at all. I don't think this means anything to that. Uh, I think you just look. You're but you're just looking at another bullpen type of piece for the bench. Yeah. That depending on the matchups and situations, and who knows, man, what if it hits and you took a flyer on a former number two overall pick and and yeah, you turn he has him into championship something. experience, Isaac. 
How long did Carmelo Anthony carry that that Syracuse title from college? Michael Kidd Gilchrist should be able to do the same thing. That that's just what we're gonna we're gonna roll with. That he is a champion. The Mavs now have three champions on their roster. They, or I guess if, with Luca, you can you can say they have four. All right, coming up, let's get into uh, this game: Mavericks versus the Jazz. Uh, a thrilling come from behind loss <laughs> that the Mavericks pulled out. Um, so let's get into that coming up. But before we do. Isaac Harris, you know our listeners. Uh, and, yes, I do. And you guys know our listeners because you are them. You know how loyal you guys are. You know the Raccoon Squad. You know that we know that you guys come every single day. Listen on your way to work. You know you guys say to us all the time, "We take you to work with us." Uh, it's so great to just hear how we've become part of people's lives and how we're able to affect and feel like we're friends with people out there. You know, a lot of people on Twitter talk to me like they're my friend and I've never met you, uh, which is totally great. And I think that that's just a special connection we have with our listeners because of the daily format, because we're in your lives every single day. And if you want to get in on the action, if your business wants to get in on the action, you can advertise with the Locked On Podcast Network, with Locked On Maps specifically. You can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. If you want to advertise with this show, it helps pay us. It helps us convince our wives that we need to do this more. That Amen. means more podcasts. That means we'll continue to do this for longer. Uh, all those things. It also can help your business. We, we reach a lot of people and, uh, and daily, and people listen to what we have to say. So if you want to advertise, you can also email me. My email is in the description of this podcast. For better or worse, it's in there. So you guys can email me uh, if you want to do that as well, and I can help set something up. If you want to contact me directly, you can do that. There you go. If you want to contact and advertise on Lockdown Maps, you can do that. Text advertising to 33777. All right, Isaac Harris. Um, anything else on Michael Kidd Gilchrist before we move on? You're the one more thing, King. I thought I'd give you the chance. No, I mean, I just – I don't have a ton of expectations for it. I, I like the move. It's a nice flyer type of move. And you just take the chances on it and see if you can you know make it work. In a new situation that I've been saying, I like seeing – guys who have been you know guys who have been on bad situations or bad teams their whole career kind of get out from underneath that shadow underneath that umbrella and join like a, a different organization a classy organization when it comes to winning and you know, all that stuff so and if, if you listen to bill simmons he has the nobody believes in us theory where you know teams in the nfl specifically have this nobody believes in us mentality think about what michael kid gilchrist is going through right now guys just pretty much benched for you know these rookies and these young guys in Charlotte, the team's terrible. They're not any good. At the beginning of the year, they were okay. You could kind of talk yourself into it. But now he's like, I can't even contribute to this team. Like, what's up with this? And so he's going to come with some motivation, I think. And I, think I do have a guy like that with, with motivation to to show like that he want that he can actually you know get another NBA contract. Like that's a huge thing. I do have a question of. You know, assuming nothing surprising happens where he steps in and he's like a crazy, yeah. you know, off the bench guy logging 20 minutes a night. Assuming he's joining the Mavericks in the Justin Jackson type of role to where it's like situational and just seeing what you got. I wonder were there any other teams interested? Because, you know, like we said, if a Clippers or a Lakers or you know, Bucks just had Marvin wins, but, you know, Philly or, you, you know, any of those like top quote contending teams. If they wanted him, and if they if they did, did he really pick Dallas over those guys to come to Dallas and log, yeah. 
you know, 10 minutes a game. It looks like, you know, just from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, a lot of those top teams probably didn't want him. And he chose, you know, hey, Dallas, a playoff team, said, hey, let's do this. Let's give it a shot. So, I mean, I like it. Sure, let's do it. We haven't heard interest on a lot of players, though. Like, we hear, you know, Darren Collison. Who was in on Darren Collison? The Lakers Clippers. Who was in on Marvin Williams? Like, it was just the Bucks, right? Like, it was, yeah. it was just them. They sw- swooped in and got him right right away. Um and I don't think we hear a lot of this team is interested in this buyout player. Uh, it just kind of happens real quick because those guys get you know bought out and then picked up as fast as they possibly can, you know, as soon as they're available. So I don't know if that's a fair thing. I know that we have heard that the Mavs were interested in him even before the trade deadline. You know, a week before the trade deadline, there was yeah. you know Brad Townsend report that they were interested in him. And so this has been a little ongoing. And uh, yeah, I think that this will be be interesting. Maybe there's a connection with you know Seth, his dad Dell is on the broadcast for the Hornets. There's a connection there. Maybe he's been they've been working out, and he knows. So maybe he knows some things inside info. Uh, all right, let's get to this game. Again, the Mavericks lose 119 to 123. You wouldn't know if you turned it off at halftime, which I bet a bunch of you that are listening right now did. Uh, My dad Maver- did. The Mavericks only lost by four, and uh, man, they made a huge comeback. The first half, I mean, we just can't. I don't even want to say anything about it because it was just so bad. Uh, I don't like to use the word pathetic a lot, but it was. (laughs) It was pathetic. Uh, The Mavericks just looked terrible. They were not guarding the pick and roll. I mean, Chris Osborzingas was literally getting targeted on the pick and roll from Rudy Gobert. It's not like he was trying to, he was getting targeted by any of their guards. It was that Rudy Gobert would try to get a switch. Where he sets a screen on a ball handler, and then Chris Ops Porzingis then switches to guarding Rudy Gobert, uh, and that was that was crazy. Um, they, they were legit targeting KP in these pick and roll things. They were trying to get you know, like Boyan was wanting to get you know, KP switched off on him, and you know Boyan. I mean Boyan did the same play driving towards the basket, the scoop shot with one hand, but on both sides of the basket and scored both of those times. Uh, man. Bogdanovich, man, he just looks like he's on a different level right now. I mean, he looks... He's so I mean, good. The we Houston, wanted him so bad this summer. I know. He he is such a, a sneaky we were guy. Right. Like, I mean, he <laughs> he was just like, like... He was a solid addition for them at the time. But now seeing... They look... They, they're like a well-oiled machine tonight. Just watching them play. Ingles, Bogdanovich, they all know what they're doing. Changing favors for him changed their team so much. Like, he gave, yes. gave him so much spacing... You know, you can run those pick and rolls with Rudy Gobert and have three, like legit three shooters. You're not trying to figure out your way through the lane with favors. Um, They're the number one three point shooting team right now. Uh, And it showed in this game. The Mavericks, you know, were getting destroyed on the three point line. Uh, But but early on, it was the freaking paint, man. Like, it was driving me nuts. But but that's what it is, though. They have all that space and they can just go into the paint. And. Rick, Car- let's let's do this. So Rick Carlisle, you know, talked about why Willie Colley Stein didn't play a lot in this game, uh, and it connects to this because the Mavericks needed more spacing. They couldn't get stuff done in the paint. They couldn't offensively get into the paint and actually, you know, score. And so uh, he talked about why Willie Colley Stein didn't didn't play. Uh, let's hear from Rick Carlisle on that. Because we felt we needed to spread spread the floor out. Um, you know, it's just you know with with. With Gobert and even even Bradley out there, um, if you have a non three point shooting five, you, you put yourself up against it in terms of your ability to penetrate and score. We were in the paint a season low number of times in the first half. 
He mentioned that they needed more spacing. They wanted to play somebody at the four and needed more spacing, and that's why they didn't play Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, I don't think they trust him as the only big man, and that's kind of the way that they decided to play um, yeah. in, in in this game. And it ended up working in, in the second half. Um, we ended up seeing the Mavericks make a comeback, but I just thought that that was very interesting, and it was kind of indicative of what the Jazz did to their starting lineup. They decided to add a you know a four that could shoot and Bojan and give them all this space, and they got so much done in the paint. Uh, they're just they completely. They had twenty points in the paint in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, twenty of I mean, their thirty-two one, points. At one point, I, I I tweeted out, and they had twenty-seven points, and twenty of their twenty-seven was in the paint and really and you look at it too and you're like all right we started maxi they started boyan at the fort and you're like you feel like maxi should have the size advantage on boyan but it, it just it never translated maxi as far as plus minus goes maxi was a minus 31 <laughs> this was this is probably his roughest game of the year so far yeah yeah it, it, it was a rough night for him uh all the way around but they just they got to the rim at will in the first half. I mean, I feel like they had like four layups in a row. They didn't get will didn't play that much, so they didn't get they didn't get to an at that much. But uh, and then yeah, there was times you know, Gobert just he was all star Gobert against KP, and I, I don't. That's I don't why he's an all star. I mean, that, that's yeah. why he's an all star. Uh, and Porzingis, that's the thing that the Mavericks the Mavericks know that that's a place that they need to improve. Post defense, defending guys like that. Porzingis is a great, awesome, weak side, you know, help shot blocker. He's he's great at that. The Mavericks turn every single one of his blocks, or anytime he altered a shot, they turn it into offense, and it was awesome, especially yeah. in that comeback. But they need somebody to guard that, and we know that. Uh, they didn't get it in Willie Colley Stein. We knew that they weren't going to. Um, that's still a thing. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this game. Uh, there's an interesting question asked post game about the Mavericks running on fumes and about how the Mavericks are sort of limping into this, you know, All Star break. So let's get into that coming up. All right, Isaac. Um, Porzingis did have a, he he was bad defensively. <laughs> he did have a really good game offensively. I thought 28 points, five boards. Uh, he had a couple of blocks there. Uh, he hit. 11 of 13 free throws, three of nine threes, which is decent. Um, and I thought him and we definitely have to get to Tim Hardaway Jr., but him and Tim Hardaway Jr. were basically all the Mavericks had on offense, it felt like. Oh, man, what a Tim Hardaway Jr. game. And, <clears throat> I mean, we knew right off the bat. I walked, I got to the arena really early today, uh, walked down. It was way before, um, like, fans and stuff could, was allowed to the arena. Saw a couple people shooting out on the floor. I saw Mike Conley. Uh, watched him go through a full pregame routine. It should have clicked in my head. I'm like, dang, he's not going to work out this much uh, <laughs> and play it tonight because he was getting a, a pretty hardcore sweat in. Uh, but so it all made sense that he was resting. That was before that news came out. But on the other end was Tim Hardaway Jr. warming up with his dad. Hey. Courtside, with <laughs> uh, Sitting there with his jeans and, uh, and button-up shirt. Sitting with Seth Sabalas and watching, I'm like, all right, dad's in the house, let's go. This is a, a joke we've been making on Locked On Maps for a while. But the thing is, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's now. not a joke. It's a legit thing. He plays way better when his dad is in attendance. And we don't have all the numbers on, you know, but I think every single one of his 20 point per game outings has been with his dad in attendance. I just want to say, at least Nick the first, was one of the first of the people season. on this. So <laughs> Nick said, Nick said this like game two that his dad was there. Like maybe this is a Tim Hardaway senior thing. Been being there. And, um, it, happens, no. it, it happened over and over again. And yeah, I stopped keeping track of it, but 
you know, it's hard to it's hard to know when he's actually in because sometimes the broadcast mentions him, sometimes they don't. But yeah, uh, but yeah, he had, he had an incredible game today, and well, I mean, you needed his offense in this game. He finished with what thirty thirty three. I think it was his season high. Yeah, thirty three points, five of ten from three, a twelve of eighteen from the field, which is you know, it's just big time. I mean, he he was hitting at all levels of the game, threes, the mid range. He was driving at times. Yeah. He had that monstrous dunk on the, uh, the fast break when they made that run there in the second half, and you know, he he's one of the few players that shows emotion on the team and you feed off of the crowd yeah. feeds off that and he was you know hitting his chest and yelling at the crowd trying to get everybody going and like it, it was awesome that that was one of the best moments of the of the game besides Boban helping getting the ball down it's interesting you mentioned you know Tim Hardaway Jr.'s emotion and what he brings on that on that end because there's not a lot of players on this Mavs team that really do that uh mm-hmm. Brunson, not a guy that's going to show a lot of emotion. Seth Curry, Porzingis, not really a guy that's going to show a ton of emotion. Uh, he looks like a Sith Lord every time he walks down the, the court after he hits a bucket. Um, Luka is a guy that will show emotion, and the Mavericks yeah. are really missing that. They're really missing that extra boost, that jolt, and kind of uh, what Wes Matthews brought brought that you know brought that too to an extent. But like, yeah, yeah Dorian, Maxi, none of them yeah, are. Yeah, Maxi don't at all. <laughs> Yeah, Dwight so, does a little bit, but not really, and he's and he's hurt anyway. But. Not like yelling at the, you know, getting the crowd going. You know, that's you know, it's pretty much Luca and Tim Hardaway on this team. Yeah, and so um, after the game, um, I think Eddie Sefko asked this question to Rick Carlisle about: uh, Are the Mavericks running on fumes? It seems like, especially in that first half, it just seemed like the Mavericks had nothing, no energy. The crowd was so low; they had none of this extra juice that they get from Luca. Uh, and so here's Rick Carlisle on that answer. I thought it was pretty good. Everybody else is in the same boat, but you get the feeling your team's on running on fumes right now. No, I think your team's got plenty of energy, and I don't buy into that. And I'm not, I'm not giving into that. Um, we're professionals, and hey, our job is to come out here and compete. And uh, we did a hell of a job of competing in the second half, and a very poor job in the first half. And you know, you got to put two halves together in this league, especially with an opponent like Utah. I think I've done this analogy before, but my wife is an elementary school teacher and she has some of these kids that they'll behave well, they'll behave terribly, just terribly. And then she'll give them some kind of incentive or they'll get in trouble or something. They'll have some kind of incentive, whether it's a consequence looming or it's like a positive incentive and they'll act completely good the entire day. And they'll just be perfect. These perfect kids. And they and it's almost like my wife says I'm almost more frustrated that those days because I know that they're capable of acting that way and they just don't they just choose not to and there's all kinds of reasons why kids do that and blah 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 but it's almost like the Mavericks the Mavericks had this in them right like they could come out and play the way they did in the second half but they just didn't and they come out and they you know were terrible and they were not communicating on defense it seemed like and they you know looked sluggish and they weren't getting I mean they got out rebounded 20 seven to 12 in the first half. I mean, (laughs) that's just effort at this point. Um, I mean, that's really the story of the game is the rebounds. I mean, you know, they finished the game. Utah did with 45 rebounds. Dallas finished with 26. And the Mavs are not a bad rebounding team. It's it's, it's an effort thing, especially if you're going to play small like that. And the Rockets are showing that the Rockets are out there with six sevens and less. And they're out there, you know, rebounding, you know, up there with the Lakers and up there with, you know, the jazz themselves and all these teams. And I think, you know, you're seeing Dallas, 
they've had to make a shift since the Dwight Powell injury. And yeah. not to give them an excuse, but we talked about when Powell went down was saying, which direction will they go? Will they go small or will they continue to go big? And, you know, with, with Dwight out there, you know, they were running two bigs at all time. And since Dwight went out, I know they started Maxi tonight, but they haven't been starting Maxi. They've been really going small with KP at the five a lot. And yeah. it, so it's kind of, they've had to shift a little bit and it's taken a little bit of time. And when you go against a team like, you know, Utah, who's literally one of the best teams in the league right now, then, yeah, I mean, you, especially without your best player in Luka. And even on top of that, when you look at if you're going to fantasy draft, uh, to, you know, players from both rosters after KP and Luca. I mean, how many players of the jazz are you drafting before anybody on the Mavericks? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can talk about that. I mean, Ingles, Mitchell, for sure. Uh, Boyan, you could talk about Conley, depending on what state he's in. And Clarkson has been amazing with them. Oh my Every gosh, time I turn on game. the jazz, he's, he's putting up 20. Uh, he fouled out in this game. We should also mention before we run out of time that, uh, Delon Wright exited the game in the beginning of the fourth quarter um, with an with an ankle injury. So that's why I will only, say that's why I only played 13 minutes. I will say I I talked to him about it after the game tonight. Uh, we passed, and I just asked him uh, just point blank. I'm like, hey, how you feeling? He didn't have any ice on his ankle. Didn't have any wrap anything. He was barely limping. Some. I just said, hey, it just how sounds you doing? reckless at this point. You should take care of that thing. <laughs> No, I just asked him. I said, "Hey, you good? How's you know, how's the foot?" And he said, "I'm fine." You know, so he's good. I mean, he he acted like he was good at least. So yeah, so that's po- That's definitely positive. That's definitely not yes, negative. for sure. Um, so yeah, th- I mean the jazz the Jazz are just an amazing team. You shouldn't feel bad about the second half. The first half, the Mavericks absolutely, you know, shit the bed. I mean, just absolutely, yeah, there's no brutal. other way to say it. Um, that they were absolutely just terrible. But they came out. They they played with heart. The second half. Um. They got to figure out the home stuff. I mean, that's the obvious thing. It's it's becoming uh, like it's beyond the just a coincidence at this point. Whether it's in their heads, whether I don't know what it is, but they got to figure it out. I mean, they were just horrific on defense tonight. I mean, it it was bad on defense tonight, especially that first half, like you said. But you saw them pick it up defensively in the second half and get steals and turnovers and stuff like that. And part of me wonders if. The Jazz were on a second night of a back-to-back. They played Houston the night before. You got to work hard against a team like Houston now that um, you know plays this six sevens or less. Uh, you, you have to work hard, and so they're they're on the second night of back-to-back. Second half, they played it. You know, great first half. Utah did, and then maybe they kind of ran out of fumes, and the Mavericks took advantage of that, and that's how they came back. Uh, they did still end up shooting pretty well from three, uh, and pretty well from the shot fifteen of thirty-five from three. Uh, and hit 16 to 21 free throws. But, yeah, see, I kind of wonder about that. But the Mavericks took advantage, uh, almost came all the way back. They got within, you know, a couple points here. And then th- the end of the game was just crazy. Uh, Berea had that uh, layup that people thought was a goaltend that they were reviewing. I don't think it was a goaltend. I saw the ball rotated before it hit the backboard. Um, there's the out-of-bounds review that, you know, Curry's, like, pinky finger just barely tapped before it went out of bounds. Yeah. And then with 47 seconds left, the Mavericks get the ball back. I think they were down, what was it, like 119? They're down by like five or something. And Porzingis just launches this 35-foot three, just this desperation, like really long three. I thought that was the weirdest decision at that point. You basically like, if this doesn't go in, we're giving up the game at that point. And there's 45 seconds mm-hmm. left. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird plays in this game. The, the Rick Carlisle Tech uh, before Brunson, oh, yeah. uh, that was you know, the, the weirdest three. Like, thing. Refs really, refs normally never let you know make that 
mid- I don't want to say mistake, like, but like that's. I mean, the dude's about to shoot the ball, and you call it's, it tech. Yeah. They're in mid transition. The Mavericks get a turnover, and they're they're driving down the floor. Jalen Brunson gets a transition corner three, and mid shot. You know, the referee turns back around to Rick Carlisle and gives him a tech. The, the the shot goes in, but it doesn't count. And then we march down to the other end. I mean, that's a that's a what is that? That's a four point swing right there that they, they just yeah. did uh, because he made the the technical free throws. So. Yeah, this was just a, a weird game. Um, there, there was that there was that possession where Utah got three offensive rebounds in a row in the fourth quarter. That was one of the most Ugh. frustrating things I've ever seen. Yeah, they ended up missing the three, so it didn't matter that much. But uh, man, yeah, it's just just a rough night. Utah is a really good team, but you don't want to write it off either and say, "Hey, that was just a good team." Too bad. No, Dallas, you know, sucked tonight for the first half of yeah. basketball. They played bad defense. Uh, they act like they couldn't defend the pick and roll a lot of times, but the positive is they didn't like just fold in. They didn't throw in the white towel at halftime. Yeah. They came back, cut it to five. The crowd was rocking and all that stuff. And yeah, you wait for Luca to come back. Looks like Luca could possibly come back on Wednesday night against the Kings. And you add in a guy like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and that'll be fun. You know, welcoming a new guy to the team too. So yeah. And we got one more game to All-Star break, and then it's a much, much needed break for this Mavs team. Absolutely. A good break. Uh, Wednesday should be a fascinating game. We'll be back tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.